0: Welcome to Prodigals Online, an online first approach to planting and building a cross-denominational community of Christians in Central Kentucky. My name is Brad, and I want us all to live with faith on fire. If Jesus and his resurrection are real, then let's live like it by putting faith first in our lives. Hopefully, we can encourage each other one step closer to personal love for Christ today. These messages only last about five minutes so you can quickly renew your mind. And they happen multiple times each week to keep you going strong. Each message keeps it simple by answering a central question. Let's get started. Should a Christian's beliefs influence their politics? This may be the most controversial one yet. The separation of church and state within the framework of the newly minted American Constitution was a game-changing political revelation in the 1780s. Prior to that, national religious identities would change at the whim of the newly crowned monarch. Conflicting religious sects would war against each other across millennia in the name of some government. These conflicts have killed millions of people across time as religion was mixed with state affairs. Jesus did not advocate for zealous violence, yet Christians have been equally as guilty in this abuse of religious identity. The Spanish conducted a bloody inquisition. Catholic English monarchs slaughtered Protestant citizens, see Bloody Mary. Let's not forget the interfaith violence that has become routine, such as the biblical warfare or the multiple crusades. Without a doubt, the name of Jesus has been abused in man's pursuit of power, land, and wealth. With this in mind, the separation of church and state must be a good thing, right? The answer is not so simple for the Christian. There is a corporate value in refusing to adopt a national religious identity. However, there are dangers for the individual who lives his political life under worldly constructs and his private life under God's. A popular biblical verse used to exemplify the separation of beliefs from politics is Mark 12, where Jesus is being confronted about paying Roman taxes. He responds with, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Mark 12:17. Indeed, Jesus suggests that our heavenly responsibilities do not absolve us of our earthly ones. However, using this verse to suggest that faith has no place in one's political alignment is particularly short-sighted. For example, it was God's desire that Israel be politically led by him and his commandments alone. Known as a theocracy, God and his law were to be the only guiding principles of the Israeli society, and local leaders with the title of judge Were meant to interpret the law and settle disputes. An entire book of the Bible is committed to the lineage of these judges. We can confidently say that any other political structure was against God's wishes for His people. In Deuteronomy, God warns His people of their impending heart change and offers instructions to appoint kings whom God chooses. When you enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you take possession of it and live in it, And you say, I will appoint a king over me like all the nations who are around me. Deuteronomy 17, 14. Unfortunately, Israel ends up, like any other country, exchanging kings through murder, plot, and deceit. It does not go well. However, we see God's heart here. His desire is for his people to live by his word above anything else. Can a Western society adopt that rigidly? No. Yet, as individual voters, we must still make that choice for God's will. Imagine what our culture would be if every individual lived simply by Christian moral guidance. We would be in a different world. What happens when we ignore our individual dispositions for the sake of the democratic majority? What happens when the world clamors to go in an anti Christian direction? Should Christians simply shrug off the difference between church and state to remain peacefully complicit? Peaceful, yes. Complicit, no. Another example that may help us with these questions comes from one of Christianity's greatest villains, Pontius Pilate. Pilate was a historical Roman governor of the Palestine area during Jesus' ministry. History tells us that Pilate was a brutal leader. He lost his position and was recalled back to Rome after a massacre of Samaritan civilians. You may know Pilate better as the governor who condemns Jesus to his crucifixion at the demand of an angry Jewish crowd. The crucifixion is mentioned in each of the four gospel books. In Luke's version, chapter 23 recalls Jesus' presentation before Pilate, Herod, and the crowd. We read Pilate's declaration of Jesus' innocence trying to convince the mob against putting Jesus to death. But before we give credit to Pilate for being such an upstanding advocate, let's not forget that he ordered the vicious 39 lashes before Jesus' death and ultimately condemned Jesus to die. Pilate had the authority to commute this punishment and refused. This is where indifference becomes as dangerous as intentional evil. Indifference allows the innocent to be hurt by the angry mob. Indifference reveals the weakness of our inner character because the indifferent prefers personal peace and conflict avoidance more than the protection of the marginalized and vulnerable. A righteous man can confront a mob peacefully and lovingly. However, a righteous man cannot condemn the innocent to suffer in any peaceable way. While our culture demands abortion rights, who do we stand with? As our culture advocates for separatist, nationalistic policies, do we turn a blind eye to the massacred and suffering abroad? When the culture confuses our children, do we allow the mob to dictate their identity, or do we defend their divinely inspired images? If culture wants to imprison the poor, do we stand idly by while they are handcuffed? national religious identities lead to tribalism and often violence. However, the lack of a personal religious identity leads to indifference, weakness, and cowardice like Pilate. An angry democracy is much like an angry mob, only with more political entitlement. People of God are called to be not of this world, we are called to stand in the gap for all oppressed and hurting, no matter the risk or cost to ourselves, people of God. It's time to take a peaceful stand, but a stand nonetheless. Hey, thank you for tuning in to the message. If you want to join the Substack community, you can find the link on our website, S.online. There, you can also find our guiding beliefs, donation links, and digital worship set lists. The messages are available via email newsletters, audio podcasts, on all the major apps, and video accompanying the Substack post. Please subscribe, rate, and most of all, share. Share it with someone who needs to know Christians live, work, and play beyond the walls of the church. I pray that building a community of deep-seated, loving, and authentic Christians encourages you. Until next time, take care. And God bless.